Welcome to The Corner, La Source's digital show dedicated to the sport and entertainment industry. Every two weeks, we invite a professional to share their experience, background, and challenges. The sport industry moves fast, and having their insights is the best way to keep up to speed. Welcome to The Corner. American football fascinates and attracts mainly younger generations. For this new Le Corner episode, we had the pleasure to receive Pierre Trochet, president of FIFAF, the International Federation of American Football, and former player himself. Pierre also was director of development at the French-American Football Federation. In this episode, we discussed what is both his mission and passion, the development of the game around the world in terms of popularity, business, and investments. He also shares with us his entrepreneurial journey and delivers some well-meant advices. Enjoy. Hello, Pierre. How are you doing? Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Pretty glad to be here. Doing very well on this uh, still sunny but winter day. So it's all good. I find it quite funny to have two Frenchmen sitting down together, like recording a podcast in English. Uh, I hope the... Uh, North American or the English community will will appreciate it to try discussing in their own language the uh, one of the biggest games, especially in North America and, and in the US, uh, especially um, having two Frenchmen discussing it. Let's let's give our best. Let's give our best shot. <laughs> yeah, so you, you might be a bit familiar with with our podcast, and what we like to do is to start with a with a quick presentation of uh, our guest, and and so could you, could you please like a a short overview of your journey and who you are yeah well i'm i'm, I'm pierre trochet I'm, i'm 36 uh, years old nearly 37 um i come from a small city in the center of france called called chateauroux uh and i and I, i was lucky enough that i could spend a lot of my life uh, so far traveling around europe and over the world uh because of football uh, mostly after, after my study uh i'm a, i'm a true lover of the game i, I played the game in france in, in austria Uh, I was uh, also a part of, of the national team uh, with staff experience and all that. So football is, is for me a, a true passion. And I'm, I'm lucky enough that I don't have to wake up to go to work any day because I'm, I can make the game better. And this is my, my full time occupation at the moment. So uh, uh, very, very glad about that. So let me pause here. So you were a professional player and you come from uh, Chateauroux, who is, uh, for those who don't know, a very small city. Uh, in France and and so you how, how come you you become passionate about these sports and, and try to become professional in that sport it, it, it's a funny story I mean first of all just I'm, I'm, I don't really feel that I was a professional football player because you know you don't make a sustainable living out of it of Europe so Uh, I'd, I'd rather say that I was lucky enough that I could enjoy to get a little bit of pocket money sometimes uh, to, to play the game. But, but most of it, it was the experience of uh, being able to travel uh, around Europe and um, to, to pay for my study with football and all that. So it, it was more of uh, uh, an experience as a, as a young guy trying to, to play his passion than being a professional athlete. 
all, all, you know, those guys deserve deserve way more respect than what we could call professional players of record football in Europe. So, um, but um, yeah, I mean, Chateau is is uh, is not famous for a lot of things, and then I appreciate that you've been very kind, saying that it's uh, it's a very small, middle-sized city. Um, but Chateau was actually one of the biggest NATO bases after World War Two, uh, and the airport was one of the only one which was big enough to land some. Uh, uh, cargo aircraft coming from from America and and therefore um, there was an American base over there and of course they played they played football they played flat football and back in the days it was a um, was a team called the, the Chateau Sabre Sabre uh, and they were they were one of the of the top actually high school all over Europe they they won the European competition many times in in the late fifties and and sixties um, and all of that somehow disappeared when the goal withdrew NATO from Fr- uh, France from from NATO. But my father and my uncle were actually in you know in love with this American way of life. As you as as you could see it uh, back in the eighties, uh, and and somehow Chateau always was the local economy was always based on the American uh, style, American uh, um, uh, military base, and, and and all of it. So. It was just natural somehow that someone found that football was cool and tried to play it in, in the middle of France. Uh, so it was like back in 1989 that, that the club uh, was created. My father was a part of it. My father never played. Uh, back in the days, you had to order some VHS cassette back in the States to brought it in France, watch the game, and, and you watch them so much that the cassette were completely burned. Um, and therefore, I, I actually, I started to play football. I was, uh, I was six years old. Uh, it, it was the the year of the U.S. Dream Team, and and obviously I switched to basketball. But my father always said that I, I should keep on I should keep on playing football because by the time that I grew up, the the sports will be Olympic, uh, which obviously tackle football will never be. But the whole story where we are right now in the middle of IFF is is just fantastic because of that. Um, and 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 here I am, uh, here I am coming from from a, a small a small town as you said. Uh, as as the head of the International Federation mm. of American Football. I love the uh, history lesson, really. Like, I didn't know much about uh, Chateauroux, <laughs> the airport, and, and the American culture, so I'm glad, I'm really glad I asked the question. <laughs> and so while you were also talking, like, I was, I was wondering, so you, you can't make a living out of being a professional. So I was wondering... It was part of the, of the studies, like was it some kind of a, an add-on or, or something where you had to split the time, like it can happen in, in other sports? Well, it, it happened. You have to manage your, your, your study time and of course you have to work sometimes with a sponsor. So you are, you, you are granted a few hours of work without really uh, uh, being there all the time. It's, you know, it's, it, it's working like that in Europe. But once again, I was, I was just lucky to be at the right time, at the right moment, at the right place because... Uh, basically, for the last uh, 14 years now, almost, I'm lucky to have only football. Um, not not as a not as an athlete, but as a manager, as a developer. Uh, I worked as a coach at the academy. Uh, I work as an administrative director at the academy, and then I I was uh, also working for the regional league. Uh, went back in in Picardy when I was playing for the Spartans my last year in France, um, and therefore I could just move on and work for a club for the regional league, and then for the federation, and now for the international federation. So. All in all, I, 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 I would not consider that I earned my life by the gridiron, by the field of play, but, but because of things that are happening on the side. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, I mean, we've, and this is something we've discussed as well, even prior to the podcast. It's, uh, it seems that you have a background as an entrepreneur and you've started also to invest in different companies. So is it part of 
of your life where you need to make a living of yourself or is it more something also coming from the culture itself and potentially a bit more of the uh, American football culture and the American culture around entrepreneurship and being a self-made man? Because ultimately becoming an entrepreneur um, such early stage in your career, it's not something that frequent in Europe. I mean, that's not something very common. So how, how do you explain that? It's it's not something that common, but I believe that our our generation are probably the first one that that uh, would uh, get the courage enough to fly by their own wings and and be able to crash, uh, but learning uh, have a have a have a damage control crashing <laughs> uh, moment, and in order to to grow and to learn from new experience, I think it was probably more difficult uh, for for our father and 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 mother regarding the the culture maybe in France around entrepreneurship, as you just mentioned, and. And this this fear of failing or trying and 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 rotating, pivoting, whatever you you put in. Um, for for me, it was also a way of being independent. Uh, very young, my father was an entrepreneur, so uh, always gave me the the taste of of working for your own and then to make a living out of it. And um, I was I was lucky to be supported here again uh, a little bit, and and therefore this is always something that that caught my eyes. People that just believe in an idea. They they found their why they're doing it and and therefore they they follow it and, and they create attention and they just um, they they're very proud of what they do you know and it doesn't matter if you are making a for me for my philosophy if you're making a a, a, a piece of bread <laughs> speaking for a French uh, for a French French podcast or if you lead for a multi international company you make your own as a living you get up in the morning and you are very proud of what you do um, and therefore when I started my first company I was uh, I was 19 years old, and uh, instead of uh, uh, I just just got my BTS. I don't know if you can translate that as a as a as a bachelor or somehow in English. But uh, I decided that instead of going to a business school and and to spend an, a crazy amount of money out of it, I was about to just create something. And I was easy with tech, but I never learned tech. Um, like I I enjoy back in the days to you know make websites or, or coding a little bit, and I just like. You know, I can try it, something very new. And so I, I had two concepts back in Burgundy. I was one of the youngest entrepreneurs over there. And uh, I was selling some remote access session for, for computer, for remote worker. Um, and, and then I, I found out a partnership with a, a company that was uh, giving us some uh, hotspot access, you know, Wi-Fi in the hotel. But when you're in Burgundy, you have all of those Logis de France, which are beautiful and amazing old castle or old houses. But to get the Wi-Fi through the wall, it's impossible. So you have to go through the phone system. And, and you know, somehow it was it was a great pleasure to, you know, be in my car and to uh, look for new prospect, to sail. Um, but with all the default that you have at 20 years old. And then when the business starts to work a little bit and you start to make a little money, then you, you don't have a clue about what's going on tomorrow. You just you just live as you want to do. And therefore you crash because of that. So it, it's also... It's a learning process. It's a very fast learning process. So I, I was always very attracted to that and very quick became the idea on how do I make something that counts in football and, and how do I make, uh, how do I use those skills to benefit the community? And therefore, my second business was uh, an education, um, a massive online uh, education platform uh, back in the days with those MOOC and, and Spoke and whatever you call it. It was very early stage. Um, and so I launched a platform where every coaches from Europe could just present their clinic, their knowledge online with a membership, and then you get a replay. And, and therefore, the whole system was, um, was given to the French Federation uh, when I, when I uh, was a part of the staff full time. 
so you see one one was a crash and a fast learning process and the other one was was a, a cool and very humble success so there's no it's not because you fail once that you should that you should uh, keep on going this is football you know hey, there's a pick you fumble the ball next lap yeah, and, that, and that's also something that I wanted to ask because we have a, a specific theme and a, a special track as well on this podcast where, where we do invite uh, entrepreneurs, especially those that have built up startups and scale-ups, and we like to ask them a bit about their journey and the skills they've learned along the way. And so because we're a bit diverting here, can I ask you if you could just like give one or two best advices uh, or the key takeaways that you've had from your journey as an entrepreneur for, for the audience today, especially for those who are thinking about starting a career or progressing in their career today in the sports industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and therefore I have to, I have to, to take a second to, to get back on. But um, I, I think it's, it's, it's how you translate the learning. And, and I took the learning from sports and basically from football to the business. And which means that, you know, playing as a, play as a team sports, football is the ultimate team sports. I mean, I played, I played as an offensive lineman all my life, which means that I never scored a touchdown. I never even touched the ball, right? And I came from basketball. So I used to touch the ball a lot. So, so you, you, learn, you learn sacrifice. You learn, you know, the power of the, of the chain. Uh, the offensive line is, is as strong as the weakest lineman in the league. So you, you learn about that. You learn about, about leadership because you have one quarterback on the field and you have to lead the whole team and you lead about, big mistake that, that, that makes the whole game or the whole season upside down. So you have to, to get back in the, in the gym, to, to work a lot, to learn, and you have to, to, to analyze your opponent, the competition. This is, this is the scouting process, as they, as they call it. So, so I, I, I translated a lot of that from sports into entrepreneurship on how to lead a team, on, on how to try to reset as much as you can um, as much as you can, the, 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 the project, as soon as you need to pivot or as you need to, to try another idea or you need to, to listen to your audience. And, uh, and, and, and so all of that was very, 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 very useful. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying you can transpose it in every sports and in every time, but at least for me and my own experience, um, this, is, this is what built me as an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. No, no, surely, like, very interesting. I mean, you, you're not the, the first one I hear saying that and... And I know that, I mean, American football and the philosophy behind it has a lot to teach us. Um, I mean, you you fail, but next one, you move on, you you start again. So, no, very interesting. And just from, from what you've just said, I think we, we understand, I mean, from the audience, I, I guess, like, yep. since day one, you are true passionate about this sport and you wanted to work in these sports, in American football, being a professional player or, or on the administri administrative side, if you want. But today, you, you, you're not just like working in the sport. Yeah, I mean, you are at the top of the ladder. You are the, the president of IFAF, so the president of the International Federation for American Football. And so can you tell us a bit what, what it is like? What does it take? What's your, what's your daily job and how you've achieved that? Well, I mean, the, the feeling is fantastic. The feeling is fantastic, but um, I always keep in mind that it's only it's only a journey. Um, the feeling is fantastic to be able to serve the sports and, and our global community to, to such a, um, a, a bigger level. Um, an, an international federation is a governing body. You don't you don't run it properly as a as a classic business. 
You are here to govern the development of the sports, the rule of the game. Uh, you have to work a lot on on uh, policies and how you help other countries to grow. You don't, as an IF, as far as I will, uh, as far as I know, and for our level, you don't really have an impact on what's going on on the field in Ghana, in Japan, and in Honduras or whatever. You just, but but you are here to give the global vision, to give the global goal, and 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 to stick with it. Um, so, so this is, this is, this is the main, the main job here. Of course, we try to cut business. We try to make uh, some deal. We try to, to grow so our resources, but first of all, we are an international governing body. And, and therefore this is very important that so far was 72 members, uh, uh, are being supported by us to grow the game to, you know, referee, um, uh, referee, for example, curriculum, you know, how to, how to make sure that they have the same knowledge. Once again, back in Canada, back in France, back in back in China, for example, uh, player player welfare, the voice of the player. This is also so. I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying, of course, to bring a personal touch into that um, because I'm I'm as a former athlete and and being the first one from Europe somehow uh, uh, as as a former athlete in, in the modern age, if I can put it that way, with with this big Olympic goal, um, I really want to make sure that. Our IF is is the voice of the athletes, and and therefore it's like for us by us somehow. If you take some codes from the 90s, uh, um, to to bring the sports to to the next level, because there is more and more opportunity. Of course, with the National Football League, when our one of our premium partners at IFF, but also uh, there are some professional leagues in Canada. There are some initiatives in Europe. There are some initiatives in Mexico. There is some some league also uh, in Japan. So. There are more options every day than, than yesterday. There's more opportunity tomorrow than, than yesterday, every day in football. Um, when, I mean, you look at the NFL, which is obviously the last major league to open their self on the, on the international uh, landscape. And you already like 206 players that, that hold an, a foreign passport within the National Football League. So this number is still at the very, very early stage. Uh, same for the business. Uh, the, the majority of, of their revenue is right now in America. So you're going to have... A lot of opportunity all over the world, and and we should we should make sure to to follow that and to make sure that more and more kids are playing. Um, you know, little boy, little girl. Obviously, flag football is is big for the women's sports at the moment. So um, we offer opportunity. Just you know, we talk about athlete's voice. As as a as a woman right now in America, there's no way you play football professionally. There's no way you play flag football at a high level because of what we are doing right now and our vision for 2028, we open a whole new pathway for hundreds and millions of young girls to be like, I will never be professional in sport I love, but maybe one day I'll be an Olympians, you know, and being able as a president, as an IF, to just carry this message uh, for me is, 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 is an amazing experience. And at a pure business part of it, of course, you work with top world leader, with other sports, with the IOC, with other international federation, within the National Football League, with I mean, uh, uh, obviously, I met I met with Commissioner Commissioner Goodall for the first time in person uh, last week, and and knowing where I come from, playing the game, and of course watching every weekend on TV, it was that there was some some great experience to be able to be with those guys. Yeah, I think I I understand that. I mean, I can fully understand that. And now I would like to move a, a little bit on on the the NFL and potentially the the recent move they have made around flag football. And the, the objective you have yourself for um, LA 2028, because I think it's it's very important for, for your organization and, and for you as, a, as an individual. 
I like on, on the podcast that people understand that as an organization, also your point is obviously you have business elements into it on how you grow the business and the revenues, but the whole point is how you better redistribute that pie and that, uh, that money generated uh, to all levels, going from, from grassroots, from the communities, from the local players to, to the referees and the officiating side of the game. And so I think that's now quite clear as well. Yep. And so going back to, to the NFL move, uh, I think I would like to, to tap into that because you've been working at the uh, French um, Federation for American Football, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Director of Development. Okay. And so I guess like the, the business uh, knowledge and understanding that you've developed during those years is it's quite useful today in your in your new position too. And so, okay, American football. For most European, it's it's a game that few understand or that is played by and only for American or North American uh, audiences. But the reality is that it's it's played today in more than a hundred countries. And um, of the four hundred million NFL fans, actually two hundred sixteen million live outside the United States. And so. Uh, could you could you tell us why why this sport is so popular or what wh why those big numbers? I think that um, you can you can clearly see a real hype around around football and, and flag football over over the last few years, a bit before COVID, and and, and of course uh, a lot more. I mean, you you spoke briefly about France, for example. We are one of the Uh, very tiny numbers of federation that beat again a record of of members just right after COVID, being down 40% and breaking down the 45 the the 25,000 members barrier once more, uh, right after COVID. So th there's a hype that goes around this game because of course of the full marketing leverage of of the of the National Football League, but it's it's also because for a while now you have a real link between how our society is moving uh, in terms of lifestyle, in terms of uh, um, uh, social media, in terms of consuming contents. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know that better than me. I'm, I'm talking to someone that's probably convinced about it. But um, I think, I think the, the, of course, the North American League are really an advance uh, on that uh, compared to, to some European uh, professional club or league. But You, you brought something more out of it, which is, which is about the lifestyle, which is how you identify yourself as a fan um, to the athletes, but also to the brand that he carries and to the whole show that comes with it. I mean, you have to understand for, globally for the audience that would discover American football, especially in Europe. When we talk about the halftime Super Bowl uh, concert, we talk about the biggest somehow 15, 20 minutes of the year in the world of music. Um, this, is, this is like... You you talk about those huge concert at you know at stadium and Allianz Arena whatever, but the biggest stage on earth is the 15-20 minutes halftime show, for example. So it shows you all the all the power of attraction. I mean, just uh, you know speaking speaking with with uh, um, some friends at, at the NFL after the announcement of Ryan, you are in less than two hours. You are top trend in the world because we talk about the Super Bowl and we talk about those those uh, star appeal and you talk about those brands that, that actually come with it and the and the whole show um, so it's it's a different way of, of consuming sports that is more and more coming into Europe like there's a game happening but you're here for the whole day you're here for enjoying like a like a party like a festival which is more a Jensen way of consuming the sports product 
Um, I know, I know in Europe, this, this turnaround is, is very complicated and somehow we are very conservative about it, um, at, at, at a very humble level, but be, you know, being in charge of organizing in France for, for the FFFA, for example, and we try to get a, a, a touch of event, uh, around, around national team, for example, or around the diamond ball, which is a championship game. But you see, it's, it's another way to, to consume the product. So you have to be innovative. And and if there's if there's somewhere the National Football League are one of the best in the world is innovation. We talk about GenStat. We talk about the deal with Nicola Deon about uh, uh, youth youth broadcast and they they slime the entire hand zone for example uh, on TV. Um, you know you you have to be you you have to be very sure about your business to to try those those innovation and somehow it works so far. Every first down the try was was a success. So you have you have a hype going going around it. More than the sports, it's the entertainment around it, and as you mentioned, the the lifestyle, how these sports engage younger audiences, but not just only younger ones, but around the lifestyle and the culture around. It is an entertainment thing around the, the product itself, and the whole storytelling. Also, I mean, obviously, last year the Super Bowl, you in Los Angeles. Who do you bring on stage? Of course, you know, top hip hop singer from from the from the nineties, and therefore people from our generation can identify themselves. And despite if you if you know football or if you never have seen football, you know or you heard that it's even in France. You know that's the that's the thing. I mean, we obviously work in France with um, uh, with Le Grand Rex in Paris, which is one of the oldest uh, theater in Europe, and you see an appetite for just like I'm gonna buy a ticket because I will come with my friends. I get a hot dog. I'm going to buy a cap. I'm going to buy a jersey. I'm going to have a quiz online on the scene. I'm going to win some 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 gift. And somehow I will watch a game. In the middle, I'm going to have Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And, and in the middle of nowhere, I mean, talking about France, which is uh, very late in terms of culture compared to Germany, for example, and, and the business of football, you have like half a million people from midnight to 6 a.m. in the morning that tunes on TV. And no matter what, this night of the Super Bowl in France, despite the fact of being a very small uh, sports and business, you're the top one audience in the country. Um, and, and this is, is, we talk about friends because we have somehow a link with America. Obviously the NBA is, a, is also a big merch seller. Uh, it's, it's a big merch, merchandise market for, for the NBA in France. But um, you know, it's, it's the same in Germany. We talk about a million and a half people. It's the same in the UK. It's a strategic market are only starting to open in. So the, the hype will only, will only grow and therefore when you're a national governing body like like the french federation you have to play with the vibe uh it's you have to deploy some ambush marketing a little bit uh so you benefit about the exposition uh about the exposure of the sports but you put you put the narrative and the message that you want to have in in your own country and this is what we did so i'm i'm, I'm glad about that uh and and the story repeat itself everywhere in the world yeah, and so it's it's very complementary. So the idea is to have them succeed, and by the same time, you will have your own KPIs getting better and better, and engaging your own communities, having even more grassroots. Yeah, this is this is a very unique. I will call it a joint venture with the NFL. Um, we we are the. I mean, in, in somehow in the history of sports, we know that professional league and and governing bodies are working hand-to-hand, -hand, sometimes easily, sometimes not. 
And for most of them, this come after collaboration from major events, you know, world championship, or of course you in the Olympics and you want to have the best athletes. I mean, 92 dream teams, NBA, Jordan and all that. But for the first time we do it before. So we, we want to show our commitment into, into a long-term partnership, uh, into, uh, um, uh, growing the sport because we, we don't want to wait for only one opportunity, uh, which is, which is the best of all, but we need to keep to, to, to get committed for the long term. So I would call that a joint venture. And, and when you are together in, a, in, in this kind of venture, you don't really compete. You find your own space. You find your own space to develop your own program. Um, and I would, I would put a picture, a very picture to understand. The, the, the NFL job is to get billions of people watching and, and of course, consuming the product and, and trying to, to, to enjoy all of the great show that this league has to propose. But therefore, we are here to make sure that you have seen a little football on TV, you like it, make sure we have a national governing body, we have a club, we have someone that you can try to play with, we have a sports offer that matches your will, which is not always high level, but it could be, you know, three-on-three three style basketball. I really, I really want to make the, the parallel here with five-on-five five flag football because it's easy. You don't have field goal, you just have a pair of sneakers, uh, flag football belt, one ball, five-on-five. Five. So uh, there's a lot of opportunities here to kind of, divert the eyeball of the NFL into into people wearing sneakers and playing the game. And 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 we take our we take our fair share also of knowledge from the NFL as well, you know, like our welfare for example or uh the rule of the game or uh, um um you know in terms of policy and competition and game ops, you know, it's also a very fast um learning booster for 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 our staff because we are a very young international federation. So being able to learn from the best is, is always the is always the number one idea you should have. So uh, uh, we we are very we're very proud about that definitely. And 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 the NFL needs international athletes to carry the game, and we have eyes all over the world. In the recent years, it was more um, German focus as a key market first, and and so why why Germany, and how do you see that evolving over the next years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some people are referring to it as the next Champions League, but I think it's not very appropriate because it's it's soccer and it's a different sport. But how do you see the, the development of American football in a more European way? And maybe the first touch base is Germany, and so how, how do you see that? For, for the first part, why Germany is a, is a leading country of American football in Europe, this is, uh, this is a, a pure historical reason. Uh, as I'm as I mentioned before, after Germany uh, had no choice after World War II than to host many American bays. And, and after came the Cold War and all kind of stuff. So there, there is a very deep historical reason and, and historical culture on why Germany is, is a primary market. Because uh, obviously, you, they were, the German population were aware about this sports coming from America at a very early stage. Um, and they never had any break. You know, for us in France... The sports completely disappeared in '62, and it took it took one crazy pioneers, uh, uh, a sports teacher from La Courneuve, to, um, uh, to to just get in, in in holiday and bring American football. You know that's uh, that's the story of, of Laurent Plegelat, is is our founder in France. But Germany didn't have that. Germany was was obviously involved with the whole high school system, and 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 therefore this is also why back in the days when we had the World League, uh, which was a Business-wise, a crazy idea. How can you 
balance a budget and earn money by having Barcelona and Montreal playing every weekend <laughs> in terms of, of travel. But when you see at the end, at the end, the market was almost German, right? Um, you had this World League that became NFL Europe, uh, but you you mostly had t- team in Germany. Um, team moved out from Amsterdam, from London, from Barcelona to relocate in 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 Berlin or, or in Frankfurt, and so at the at the end it was it was mostly uh, 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 Germany league base, and therefore you had all the marketing power that comes with it to create fan base and all that. So um, there there is all many reasons, and there's also population you know in germany they're like what 80 85 million people living uh so it's also more from than france then so so you have you have a math uh things here to do with with football but it, it, just to same here to illustrate the, the the power of that is the nfl open up a new game uh that will happen in one month in in, in munich uh tom brady will come in europe i mean the story is the the, the greatest player of the game will will open a new market it's, it's fantastic but in less than than just a matter of few hours, they reach half a million and more requests. They could they could fill up two stadium in, in, in a matter of just few hours, a couple of days max. Um, so that show you the power of attraction of football over there. And and you also have you know some the TV in, is investing a lot in in content, in commitment, in fun stuff to watch uh, with with cool moderators. So th- there's there's also a way of some some people in the media understood that soccer was a very competitive and expensive market where you need to reach the billion uh, euros to hopefully get football in France. Uh, you can easily divide it by a very important numbers to get the NFL. And therefore, you have a highly involved community, a very committed community, a very active community that interact, that pose, that comment, that share. And and so I believe that the return on invest at the moment is is very interesting with with football and, and some channels and specifically in Germany um, decided to jump in. But the game the game in November will be a full success. We're gonna hear about it for 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 a while definitely. Can you can you just tell us again like the numbers around Germany like the fan base and numbers you mentioned like the highest revenues as well which makes it easier to, to make the launch from there. Um, if it is to grow as a competition or as, as a product, so where do you see it growing? You mentioned London, uh, Barcelona, with some communities, but I guess there might be also like Austria, I guess. Well, Austria is also is, is also a football country, but it's it's a very small. I mean, it's a football country by culture because, uh, of course, you have some link with with the media in Germany, and 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 they are one of the best in Europe to play the game. But you know, Austria, you live in a five million, uh, five or six million country, so of course the the business that comes out of it is just a matter of big uh, of big numbers. But um. I, there, there is some, there is some. Of course, you have some historical base in in, in Germany where you can you can build. Um, but the rest, in terms of business of of leagues in in Europe, um, it's it's a very tricky question that nobody solved so far. I mean, the the NFL Europe um, uh, fold, and and there there are some initiatives going on right now. We're having some discussion with them, um, but. American football is a matter of numbers, and therefore, when you when you have a professional team, you need to get forty five players. You need to get 
12 or 15 people for the staff. Uh, so for transport, it has a cost. For merchandising gears, it has a cost. For insurance, it has a cost. So it's it's a game that that doesn't break um, some business barrier out of the NFL at the moment because of the numbers, which, which is why as an IF, you know, uh, coming, coming with flag on five on five breaks a lot of barrier. I mean, you play faster, you play without equipment, you play with less people. It's easier to broadcast. It's two times 20 minutes. We come with a lot of answer with, with another sport. Yeah. And this is something I, I wanted to, to touch upon because um, from a pure investment perspective, I think American football is quite heavy given the, the, the size of the team, uh, of the administration, uh, the number of players, uh, medical staff, uh, it's quite a lot of logistics. And so it's quite heavy on the investment side. And so as it can be way more than in other, in other sports, have you, have you seen a trend uh, compared to other sports where there, there, there is more investment or, or a bit less, uh, more reluctance maybe to, to invest? Because because the trend today for for football uh, soccer, if you want, uh, in Europe is quite heavy in terms of like in investment, especially coming from North America, where where they see a lot of potential and value, and so we've seen plenty of North American players coming in and investing into different clubs or entities or, or brands, um, and so I was wondering whether it's the same trend or the same appetite to to acquire. New franchises, new new clubs, but also buying shares from different VCs in leagues, uh, or not at all. Well, if if you if you take sports on the global world market, you, you truly have a competition between American football and soccer. They are the only two sports boxing in this category. Um, uh, I mean, of course, you have you know cricket is having massive numbers, baseball, softball as well. Um, you know, rugby for Europe. I mean. I'm just talking in terms of those mega sports, if I can put it that way, in terms of, of money. Um, you really look at, at soccer versus American football. The main difference is that American football just only start to get international um, when soccer tried to reach America on the other side. But there's a lot of, of cross opportunities. Obviously, um, the NFL now developed partnership with the Bundesliga in Germany. Uh, teams are working to, you know, match athletes together. So you can see Mbappe kicking a field goal. You will see Odell Beckham Jr. shooting a penalty. Um, you, you have those, those those crossover in terms of business because ultimately what those leagues are doing is to grow awareness of their club because, I mean, the NFL belongs to 32 teams. And those 32 teams, they want to expand their logo, their brand into a new market and, and to grow a new, new economy. And, and therefore... What's the fastest then if you wanna if you wanna reach Paris uh, as as a market, if you wanna reach France, then you have to work with Neymar, Mbappé, Messi, you have to work with all of those big names of, of the sports business. That's the best way to make people aware of your brand. Like the NBA. So so and and, and the last trend, the third trend that is very exciting for us in terms of opportunity is is how you move around the asset. And of course there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of assets that are shared between uh, American football and soccer, uh, you know, with, with owners, with players that invest in teams. Uh, I mean, just thinking about the Glacier family, you know, Tampa Bay and, and Manchester United, for example, thinking about, um, I, will, I will probably misspell his name, but Mr. Ken, that was the owner, he's the, he's the owner of Jacksonville. He was the owner of, or he's the owner of Fulham, for example. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, 
cross investment uh, that are also happening here with therefore when you have the same shareholders then you share the same interest of growing the same business so you you get this collaboration even even more deeper even more faster um, and and it serve it served the brand and for us again the brand awareness more TV media means more player so we find our own space. Clearly, you can see some some crossover between the different athletes or the different assets that you have to grow uh, like a joint product or something bigger for your own sports. I have one question, and I really don't want to forget it. You've mentioned the the innovation on the broadcast side, on the broadcast side, and how you tell stories, how you create new storytelling, how you bring that sport in a different manner. And so in terms of content, when looking at the uh, return on investment on your ROI, the model is interesting because, you, as you mentioned, it's, uh, you don't have to pay lots of millions to, to access to it, and you can get like a free TV coverage to gain more and more communities and, and people to watch and engage with your sports. And so I wanted to ask you, do you have a, a specific strategy around that type of content and even like for the non-live, I mean, we've all seen the, uh, the impact of the F1 on Netflix with Strive to Survive series in terms of how other alternative formats can be interesting in a, in a, in a whole package to get more eyeball. So I was wondering, do, do you have like a, a specific strategy on that around that content? Well, obviously, the NFL players are doing their own are doing their own story uh, and and find a way to produce their own contents. I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a great a great series. I think it's on Disney Plus about Tom Brady, or the NFL is on Amazon with All or Nothing, uh, HBO with the world famous uh, Hard Knocks, for example, that show a little bit of the of the background and the inside of the team, which is which is a fantastic thing to see as a fan. Um, for us, as I said, our main goal at the moment is to be a governing body. Um, and, and of course, there would be some great story to tell um, when when we would be successful uh, for this Vision 28 project. Uh, because as I said, and especially for the for the uh, young women all over the world, you there's millions of, world, of young women that love football, but they know from the beginning that they will never be able to play. Because the NFL is a main league and to be pro, you, you don't have a match of sports. Therefore, right now, you could one day maybe become an Olympians. Imagine the story. I mean, I was great, great, great person. I work with Diana Flores, the, the, the chair of her athlete commission. And she was a student. Her father liked football. Her, her mom wanted her to dance ballet. And then before she was going to the flag football practice a little bit on the side, like not telling everyone. Um, and and she, she started the World Cup. She was, she was 16 years old. And. And right now, she will just have the opportunity when about 30, 31 to maybe one day an Olympians. And, and, and this, is, this is just a fantastic story that can, that can be told. But this is globally for, for flag football and for the IF. Talking about American football specifically in Europe, we still miss the right, um, the right player for that. You know, we don't have, and, and as I mentioned, everybody has a different position. And obviously, I'm a big guy. I play offensive lineman, never touch the ball. If you don't touch the ball, you're for, for the big audience, you are not a star. You're not the one throwing the pass. You're not the one flip side uh, your way on a, on a touchdown area, right? So right now, a lot of European athletes and international athletes are not there yet at the top level to be a star in the league. Uh, some are developing very fast. Uh, 
like like for example the the Saint Bern brother one is in the Detroit Lions having a hell of a season he's German Jacob Jobson is is, is playing for Vegas he's German but so far most of the European base and, and international base of athletes were mostly big guys or or practice squad players or so so you don't get to you don't get to uh, uh, give great story about them so far so what I like to see in French exactly like I said in French uh, and and for for our market. Our Tony Parker effect is still in the front of us. And it's the same story for Pau Gasol, for Dirk Nowitzki, for Yao Ming, for whoever international NBA players you, you get. Uh, this future is still in front of us. So great story will come. Uh, we are just not there yet uh, in terms of um, high-level sports. Last point I wanted to discuss about, and by the way, thank you for all the answers and the transparency. I mean, truly enjoying it and I really love like that I'm learning as I'm doing all, all the time this podcast and I'm super grateful for that but yeah on the flag football can you explain it to us I mean you, you've mentioned it several times already uh, and you've even explained the the 5v side 5v5 game but when you compare American football to, to flag football, is that the same analogy with the soccer and 5v5 or is it something different? And so ultimately the, the, the question is like, we understand there might be less contact and less physical uh, than traditional American football, if I can say, but long story short, what's the difference between American football and flag football? And is there a difference between the flag football and the 5v5 uh, flag football too. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you watch an American football game, obviously you have 22 players in the field and you play on a large field. The first thing you would see in flag football is that we play five on five. Uh, we play on a field that is 70 by, by 25 yards. So technically you can make two field in one. Uh, so you have a, a shorter field of play. You can play man, you can play woman, but you can also play co-head. Um, and it's it's a fun skill game. Uh, and, and, and once again, talking about my own example, I never touched the ball in American football. But in flag football, I can identify myself as a crazy 120, 120 130 kilo receiver. And I can be the star of my own in my garden because I, I believe that I'm at the Super Bowl scoring a touchdown. You can do that with flag football. And obviously, in, in, in tackle football, it's, it's, it's way more difficult. Um, in terms of content as well, obviously, you don't have a helmet. So you can see the players. You can see their face. You can see their emotion. Uh, you can see them want, wanting to win or being uh, disappointed because, because they lost. They, all of that is, is uh, you can see it with, with flag football. Uh, so you can clip. You can, you can content. You can highlight. And broadcast-wise, we talk about twice 20 minutes. Um, and everybody that, that watched American football, a game for the first time would be like I don't understand anything and it's very long well flag football is two times 20 minutes you have four snap to get in the middle four snap to score that's it and there's pass only game or pass first game so so very fun to watch um that, that's our ambition and and we are working every day to make it happen um that's that's the project of IFF and and we were very uh fortunate to immediately receive a full cooperation from the NFL from day one on, on, on this project. Um, but we have ambition for 28. Yeah, yeah I understand. I understand that. Um, last question I had for you was around um, the last initiatives you've made around like football. 
And I remember two of them, like the Global Football Ambassadors uh, that we've launched recently, but also the World Games in Birmingham. And so what's your, what's your take on these two initiatives? Wheels are clearly in motion and, it, and it's clear that you have a strategy and that you've already started to implement it. But what are the first key takeaways from you from, from that perspective? That's what we believe. We believe that, that Paris, uh, um, uh, that LA is, is the right time and the right market. And here again, I mean, obviously you talk about storytelling and, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason, but IFF legal seat is in France. Uh, so we talk about a French-based international federation, and we are not so many. You talk about a French president. Uh, we are not so many here as well. Uh, you count it on one hand. Um, I'm the youngest in the room uh, by far uh, and on this matter. We have the Olympic in Paris. We have an American sports that wants to, that has ambition for Los Angeles. So we have an opportunity from Paris to LA to throw this, this touchdown. And here again, you know, the right market, the right time, the right moment. Um, you have to provocate that. You have to play with it. And, uh, and we, we believe we have some, some very, very good and convincing argument um, to, to aim for 28, but also for after. You know, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like football. You cannot do one and done. You, you, have, to go, you have to go for the long run. Um, so everybody talk about, of course, our will for being successful in inclusion for Los Angeles. But you know, thirty-two is always thirty-two is coming right ahead, uh, um, just after you know. And we will obviously not be a sport in Paris. Everybody know that. But there's here some maybe you know to play around the diplomacy of French sports and having the NFL around uh, uh, some event in Paris. Obviously, Paris and, and and France is a market for the NFL in the upcoming time. So things will happen this summer, next summer, and and uh, we have to be we have to be successful. But very important, and, and, and I really want to uh, insist a little bit on that, our, our primary target is to be a governing body, and, and therefore we cannot just focus on including flag in LA. We have to govern the sports and to make sure that it grow big and safe for everyone. That's, that's very important. It's, it's a win-win-win, you know? It's like, it's like us, it's like the IOC, it's like LA. It's a, it's a triple win uh, uh, situation for everyone uh, because you can... You can obviously, you know, have some young audience. You have full power of, of, uh, of course, California is, is a big market and Los Angeles is a big market for the NFL. Uh, you have this whole storytelling that come with it. So it's a, it's a win-win-win, you know, it's a, it's a triple win. <laughs> well, for, for, first, the, the World Games were a fantastic experience because it was the first time that flag football was included in a multi-sports environment. Uh, along among all the sports that, that that could be potentially aware at, at the Olympics. So, uh, in terms of experience for the athletes, you know, once again, I put them here in the middle. Um, you're in the village, and and you have this. Uh, you 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 rep the flag somehow. You know, you represent your country. You're in a multi-sport environment. You have this whole world game vibe that come with it, with with young sports or sports you're not used to to watch in general. So, this this was a fantastic experience. I mean. Uh, we had it before with tackle in 2017 when France won the World Games, um, but we only had four teams, and here we had two times eight teams, so more athletes, um, and 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 with flag football that that is way more inclusive than, than tackle. So fantastic experience, and for us it was really a statement on here we are, here what we can do, think about what we can become in six years at least, um, and and we hopefully will be a part of the next World Games. Uh, that they will come in, in Chengdu. Uh, that, that's also a goal. So 
we want to be a part of the global sports family. And, and this, this, this was a statement for that. Um, therefore, the program of the Global Flag Ambassador is also a statement on how committed partners we are uh, between the National Football League and us. Um, for the first time, you can have Diana Flores and Dak Prescott on the same stage, speaking on the same passion of the game and the same goals align 100%. Um, you probably also have seen that, that the Pro Bowl is turning into a flexible game right now. So there is some, I, we want to make sure that we don't only talk, but we do the walk. And, and this, is, this is what we do. There is some statement here that this is a long-term commitment and we are dedicated to, to succeed. Um, but we'll see about the result. You know, it's sports. Sometimes you, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. But we are committed to make sure that, that we succeed in this campaign. Oh, no, but I hope you, you will learn soon enough to, to be successful at the end of the day. And yeah, I, I like the win or you learn. I mean, yeah, I like it. And so, yeah, last one for me. Um, I know we've been running a bit out of time here and sorry about this. Um, we usually end up asking a question around if you have any kind of recommendation for our audience or our listeners working in the sports industry or aspiring to work within it a book, a podcast, a movie, whatever that can be, but something you would recommend to them? Well, I, I did my homework a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, you know, if, if you want to discover what is American football, obviously HBO Arnox is, is a much see because you see how big this is and the logistic for the games and the, 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 the practice, the scouting. Like, you, you don't see a minute of a game, but you see everything which is around. It's, it's fantastic. Um, if we talk about a book in general leadership, I'm, I'm reading, uh, I'm reading a lot about Simon Sinek, uh, Leader at Last or, or The Infinite Cycle. This is something I really appreciate. And, and I wanted to make a little, a little wink at the end. Uh, I, I would recommend a book from, from John Heisenberg that's called The League. Um, because this is, this is a great story of football. And, you know, the pitch is how five rivals created the NFL and, and launched a sports empire. Before being on a, on a very dominant position on the market. The NFL is, is more about getting together, you know, getting together, work together for the common benefit. And this is so much football. This is so much the ultimate team sports. And it defines so much about how the American sports model is. Um, so so this, is, this is a very interesting read. Um, and therefore, not everything, is, not everything is to transpose in Europe, but we should, I think, if I, if I want to put a, a little opening Uh, to the end of this discussion, I'm, I'm a strong defender and I think that we need to get faster in Europe to get our own European model of sports. This is, this is very important um, because obviously we're going to have to defend our continental interest and our continental particularities with different countries governing the sports in a different way. So um, yeah, the European model of sports is very, very, very important for me. And I believe there are some some good things in, in what the National Football League and others have made before. Yeah, okay. No, no, I like it. I like it. Um, because you are, you're just listening to us and you cannot see us. I mean, Pierre was just pointing at me and, and raising with his hand the books. So now I have, I have a good screenshot of that cover and I need to make sure I can, I can read it properly, especially since I, I, I'm truly in favor of the European model for sports and I know it has its benefits, but I think to a certain extent, it also needs to be redefined and we cannot just only copy the North American model, but still the European model of sports needs to 
to be redefined a little bit. So uh, I'm sure I will enjoy that reading. And so thank you for this. Thank you, Pierre, again. Thank you for the time. Thank you for, for the transparency and for letting us know about these new sports. I truly enjoyed it, like I said. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it too. And see you next time. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Jean-Baptiste. Thank you for all the team for, for having me. It was, was very fun. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy it as much as we love creating them. If you like the episode, feel free to comment, rate, and share with people around you. You can visit our website, www.lastsource.io, to learn more about our activities. You will discover a wide range of articles and can subscribe to our newsletter to receive the latest tech and sports news in your mailbox every month. Stay tuned for new episodes. Le Corner.